If you're really feeling burnt out or unmotivated, listen to your body. Take a break. Refresh yourself, whether it's to take a break in the middle of the workday or taking a week off, just do it. This is Debbie and welcome to another episode of The Offbeat Life, where I speak to inspiring individuals who ditched the norm to become location independent. We'll learn how to create sustainable laptop lifestyles from the experts that will help us achieve freedom from our nine to five. Welcome back, everyone. Today's episode is special because it's the two-year anniversary of the Offbeat Life podcast. And what a journey it has been. There's been so many ups and downs, so many goals that I've ticked, and of course, a lot of reality checks that have come my way. But I'm really grateful for everything that I've learned and for all of you to be a part of it. You don't know how much it means to me for you to be here and to really help me along. Now, last year, we did a live interview with some of the most amazing guests that I've had. And this year, I thought to have a little intimate talk with all of you and to answer some frequently asked questions I got about becoming location independent. Now, my biggest goal when I started this podcast was to inspire all of you to take a chance and to get a realistic advice from people who are living and working remotely because I had so many questions myself when I was starting this journey and I thought to really get that insider's look on this type of life. So, Here are the top six questions that I get asked the most. And remember, if you have more questions, don't forget to send me all of it at hello at theoffbeatlife.com and I'll make sure to answer them all. Now, here we go. The first question is, what should I do if I don't have any remote job experience? This is a really extremely popular question, especially for people who are in a current nine to five and you feel like you can't take that job on the road. Now, for me, when I first started doing remote work and my remote business, I didn't have a lot of experience as well. I decided to learn independently about what to do on social media, how to create and design a website, how to edit my podcast, how to create graphics, and so on. Now, technically, I did not look for a remote job per se. I created jobs for myself. I didn't actually think that I could make money right away from my podcast, from my social media, from my website. And I really started it because I truly wanted to get all of the information I could get in order to become location independent. And through that process, it led me to where I am now and be able to find the clients that I needed. And a lot of them just came my way and a lot of them I also pitched. Now, if you're currently doing all of these tasks like social media management, if you are an assistant to someone, if you know how to do graphic design for your own personal use as well, then you could do it for other people too. Now, your best resume will be your own work if you don't have a current client based. If people like what you do, then they'll definitely want to hire you to do it. Now, another way that you can create 
a lot more experience for yourself is taking classes in sites like lynda.com or Udemy, where experts will show you how to do the tasks that you're interested in doing. I will definitely put the links on my website for you to find so you can sign up for those classes if you want to. The biggest tip that I can give here is to definitely use the skills that you currently have in order to market yourself or start learning it, right? If you have a current website, if it shows really great work, then people will want you to do the same for them. You can also go on Facebook groups. There's a ton of them out there and ask people the questions that you need answered. There's groups like female digital nomads. I mean, if you just search on Facebook, digital nomad groups, remote work, those will show up and obviously choose the ones that have thousands of other people that are a part of it. So then you know that the answers will be legit because they are doing the job themselves. If you scroll through long enough in these Facebook groups, you'll find that a lot of people will ask similar questions and you'll get your answers right away. So I think honestly, it's better than Googling because these are from real people and not just a writer who are also researching this for themselves. And don't be afraid to ask. You know, there's a lot of people out there who are truly willing to help you and they want to see you succeed and They want to give you those valuable information for free and you don't have to pay for it. So definitely take advantage of that. And of course, make sure to listen to episodes of my podcast as well. And if you go to my website, theoffbeatlife.com, we also have incredible tips and tricks with our articles on how to find work, how to start it, where to find it, etc. All of those things. The next question that we always got is how to create a resume that will be remote work friendly. The best resume that has really worked for me is my website. Again, when I started this, I didn't necessarily look for a remote job. And when I did start pitching to companies and to brands and to individuals, I usually just created a killer cover letter highlighting my expertise that will translate for me to be able to do remote work. So expertise that can be applied to remote jobs like graphic designing, editing, proofreading, social media management, and so forth. So if you have some experience in that, if you're a good writer, if you have a blog, if you know how to edit pictures, if you've created graphics for your Pinterest, all of those tasks that you've done for yourself, even if you did not do it for other people, will be marketable skills, especially if you can show off the work and people like what you're doing, right? Then I usually have visual for all of those things and I give them a link to my post on social media, to the link to the graphics on Pinterest. And if I can put all of those things that I have into one package on my website, maybe create a separate page on your website that highlights all of those skills, that will be A plus when it comes to showing what 
you can do right now, what your current skills are. And it will make you look like an expert even if you have not worked with a current client yet. And I will make sure to also create you a how-to guide on making a resume that's perfect for remote jobs. So make sure you go to theoffbeatlife.com and stay tuned for that. I will be coming out with that soon. The next question that I get asked is, where do I find an online job and how do I know that they are legit? Well, there are a ton of them out there and it can definitely get overwhelming. I have articles where you can find remote jobs for specific niches, so you can go check them out on theoffbeatlife.com. You can also use LinkedIn, Flex Jobs, go on Facebook groups like Digital Nomad Girls and Remote Work and Jobs for Digital Nomads. Those are great groups to go to to make sure to find new jobs. So people will be listing jobs that they are trying to hire for or People will also ask similar questions that you want to ask yourself. So if you keep scrolling long enough, you'll find all the information that you need and maybe even the job for yourself. So that'll be a great bonus. (laughs) Regarding finding out if the work is legit, remember, unless the company is extremely well known and you know someone who works there, be very cautious. Do your due diligence, do your homework, look at reviews. And if you can find someone who works there, ask them questions. Lots of it. If you can, I'm sure they'll answer whatever it is that you need. The biggest red flag I can say is if they ask you to pay before you get hired, do not do this. Never, ever do it. The key to landing the job is research, research, and oh yeah, more research. If you feel like people are very skeevy about it, I mean, what other job do you know asks you to pay before getting hired, right? Unless you go to school first for it or something. That's definitely a red flag if you find people who are telling you to do that. The next question is, how do I price my services properly when I'm just starting out? Now, pricing yourself accordingly can be extremely tricky, especially if you're starting a niche that's fairly new or you have no other comparisons because you are really doing it all for yourself. And sometimes the comparisons may not be trustworthy. So really figuring that out is just putting that value on yourself. If you're doing work that's already established, on the other hand, ask questions. Go on, again, I'm, I keep saying this, go on Facebook groups like digital nomads around the world, female digital nomads, and see if anyone else is doing that current work. Ask what the rate is for someone who has your similar experience or someone who has a little bit more experience than you so you can gauge what the price point would be for you. 
But remember, at the end of the day, you have to create pricing that's comparable to your value. If you are, for example, a kick-ass marketer and you can provide proof of incredible results, then you may be worth 10 times or more than your competition. Another thing to take from this is sometimes your competition is undervaluing themselves. So you do not want to do that for yourself. One of the things that I did when I first started the podcast is I actually created a price sheet for myself. And if two to three clients told me yes right away, then I knew that that price point was pretty low and I bumped it up. Now, you can do that and that's how you gauge what people are willing to pay for. Now, if you see that you have pitched to three or four or five different companies and no one is just biting and they're asking you for less money, then you can rethink, right? But also make sure that you're not looking or going to companies that are just cheapos. So make sure to do that as well. It's about looking for the right companies that will also know your value. The next question that I have is how to find motivation when you are in a slump. This happens to me quite a lot, especially during the summertime because there are so many distractions. It's beautiful out and you want to be outside. You want to hang out with family and friends. And I usually feel really guilty when I'm not doing work, but it doesn't matter because (laughs) I'm so unmotivated to work that it doesn't matter if I sit down for hours, I just will get distracted. I'll end up being on my phone, watching Netflix. So I tend to put those things away so I have no distraction. But the hard thing about that is I do a lot of work on my phone as well because I have to post things on social media, but then it becomes a trap because you start looking at other people's posts. So, oh my goodness, that's really hard to do. And honestly, there's been weeks that I haven't done much, but I'm really lucky now because I have several assistants to take the slack off when I'm in those moods. The best way I've been getting out of them is by creating a set schedule that really works for me. And I have been able to find the time of day that I'm at my most productive. And honestly, I'm pretty weird because sometimes that could be during the daytime for a few months and then other months it'll be after 3 p.m. So it really depends on your body. Sometimes that happens to me when the weather or the season changes, like I'm more productive uh, during the day, during the summer, and then you know, during the winters at night. I don't know. It could be vice versa. I don't know. I have to check that. (laughs) And it doesn't really matter if it's early in the day or late at night. I know there are a lot of people out there telling you that you have to wake up really early, have your morning routine, make sure you get all the work done before 12 o'clock in the morning or in the afternoon. But if you're not a morning person and you don't feel productive, I say to follow your body and do what you have to do. But, and this is a big but, you have to work when you have scheduled yourself to work. Creating the set schedule will help you become more productive. Don't make this into an excuse saying, oh yeah, well, Debbie told me that I don't have to work in the morning, so I'll work later. And you end up not working because 
you're not really productive in that time of the day either. And you end up not doing any work. So don't make this as an excuse just because I told you that. Okay. Find out where and what time your body is having more energy and you don't feel sleepy or groggy or all of that stuff. There are some people that wake up four in the morning and bam, they just want to work, 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 and they're good to go. And some people are just not productive at that time. Most of us aren't. Whoever those are, damn, you're really good. So make sure you figure that out. Another way I've been able to get out of my slump is to do co-working sessions with other friends who are also location independent. Now, I don't do this every week because for myself, I know I become really distracted because I instead want to hang out with them. So I'm trying to keep this at a minimum and I want to make sure that before we work, we chat for a little bit or maybe we chat after we work so that we get that out of the way. We are up to date with what's happening with our lives. But when we are in work mode in our work session, the only thing that I tend to want to talk about is obviously tips on how to make my marketing better or how to do this and that. So it has to be in that realm, right? It has to be about work. And then once you're finished, you know, you set your timer, you set your time, and then you can talk about what's happening with so-and-so's life. I don't know, whatever you want to talk about. And that will keep you motivated because friends who are in this industry, I usually find are super, super motivated as well when you're there too. So you kind of give each other that energy back and forth. So it's really good for you. And they're also hustlers. So a lot of times I will see my friends and working really hard and I want to work really hard too. So that's awesome. And it gives me a lot of energy and I feed off of that. The last thing I have to say about this is if you're really feeling burnt out, or unmotivated, listen to your body. Take a break. Refresh yourself, whether it's to take a break in the middle of the workday or taking a week off, just do it. This break will give your creative juices to flow again. It'll get your creative juices to flow. It'll give you fresh look on your work and it'll change the dynamic once you return. It's really hard to do this in the beginning, so refrain yourself from going on long breaks that's longer than a day or two. But if you've been doing this for a while, take a vacation. That's the hardest thing about being location independent is that even if you're traveling or in the new location, you're still working. So it feels like it never stops and you become a workaholic and sometimes you don't take a break at all. Traveling can become a distraction from all of your work because it's just so much happening. There's so much stimulation going on around you that it becomes really bad for your work life. But learning to balance this can help you out tremendously. So learning as you go how to balance. But learning the balance can definitely be learned as you go further on into this lifestyle and for a longer period of time. So don't worry about it. If you're just starting this out and you feel like you have no balance, don't worry. You're going to figure it out yourself. The last question I'll answer is pretty hard for me 
I actually had to talk to Aaron about this if he wanted me to share this as well, because this is also part of our personal life. And I usually don't like to talk about personal things, but I felt and Aaron also felt that we wanted to share this with you because this is a huge part of the realities of being in this type of lifestyle, being entrepreneurs, being location independent. And the question is, how do you balance work and personal relationships? This has been really hard for me because last year was honestly the hardest and most difficult year I've had in a really long time, probably the most difficult year ever. Because Aaron and I were actually apart for most of the year and being with him for 15 years, it was like, honestly, it was like losing a part of my limb. With all the work I was doing for my business and my day job and he as well, he was also focused on his day job and then also a business that he was starting. It really strained our relationship and we separated for almost a year. If someone's listening to this and you've started the business while still doing a day job, maintaining a healthy relationship can be extremely hard, especially if you're with someone for a really long time. It can be easy to take each other for granted and put your relationship in the back burner. And we definitely did that. Communication can also become strained and having space is oftentimes the best thing that you can do for yourself and for your partner. I can honestly say it was the best thing that we did for a relationship because it allowed us to really understand what we wanted with a clear head. Now, we've been together for half of our lives and having that break gave us the opportunity to really understand our own personal needs and to focus on ourselves because we were getting pulled in so many directions and we were not in a good place. So we knew we had to take that break away from each other to really find our way back to ourselves and to each other as well. I'm extremely grateful for that break and for what it's given me. And if you're listening to this episode and going through something similar, take this as an opportunity to really listen to who you are as an individual and what you want without having that partner. That is really the key because if you've been with someone for a really long time, it can be easy to lose yourself as an individual because you're always a we and not just an I and you're always thinking about yourself as a couple. And sometimes you really put your needs to the side and you think about the other person's needs first. So taking that break and really understanding what you want as an individual is really crucial to your growth. There's going to be a lot of people who will give you a lot of advice, but at the end of the day, really listen to yourself and give yourself that time to reflect. Aaron and I decided to come back to each other, not because we needed each other, but because we want each other. We don't need anyone to feel complete. We are already complete on our own, but we chose to be together because we want to spend our lives together and that should be the main thing. Now, regarding balancing that, life and work. That is really difficult when you're just starting out because 
you're going to be pulled in a lot of different directions. But giving yourself that break, forgiving yourself, talking to your partner, making sure you spend time together away from work, making sure you spend time together with friends and other loved ones, family members that you really feel are important to you and make that a priority as well. Remember, success doesn't come without pain and sometimes it can cost you things that you love. But at the end of the day, you have to determine what you're willing to risk and what you can live without. Thank you all so much for being a part of this incredible journey with me. The last two years has been the best and worst time of my life, but I wouldn't have had it in any other way. This community that I have built has given me the most incredible life, and I thank you all for helping me grow as a person and as an entrepreneur. That's it for all of the questions. I hope I answered all of them. But if you have any others that I didn't discuss today, make sure to email them at hello at theoffbeatlife.com and I will make sure to get back to you. Thank you, my Offbeat family. I look forward to doing more wonderful years with you and to help you create freedom and location independence. I hope you enjoyed this two-year anniversary episode. Make sure to visit theoffbeatlife.com. Again, that's theoffbeatlife.com to get more killer resources and how to be location independent. Hey, Offbeat family, I really appreciate you listening to this episode. I would love to hear more from you and what you think of the podcast. Suggestions on guests, topics we can discuss, or maybe you just want to be friends. Why don't we chat some more on Facebook at The OB Life or send me a message at hello at theoffbeatlife.com. I can't wait to hear from you.